Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue en America. I'm Suzanne Lasser. I'm Yarina Sansion, and this Jessica currently serves as the Assistant Superintendent of Instructional Services for Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools in North Carolina. She began her career in Japan teaching English at the secondary level. When she returned to the U.S., she served as a K-12 English as a Second Language teacher and an athletic coach in Massachusetts and New York, and then became a staff developer for New York State Department of Education. She definitely has a variety of background and experiences when it comes to thinking about the landscape of education. It's hard to believe that in a few short days, we will be at the one-year mark since so much changed in not only our educational world, but the world as we know it. While COVID-19 is still here, we are optimistic. Optimistic about the advent of the vaccine, optimistic about ways to mitigate the risks, and optimistic about opportunities to bring more students back into the instructional setting. Today, we'll be talking with Jessica and hearing a bit about her thoughts for what moving forward in the world of education may look like. Let's listen in. Jessica, I want to welcome you and thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to speak with me and share with our listeners a little bit about this burning topic that everyone seems to keep bringing forth and we can't get enough of and it has to do with this idea of remote instruction and hybrid learning and we're really curious to hear about where you feel the instructional playing field is going to go once we get out of uh, this current state of needing to be in hybrid instruction mode for prolonged periods of time. First, let me start out by saying thank you so much for asking me to join you today. It's wonderful to reconnect with former colleagues and uh, just hear how it's going. I think that is the only way we all stay sane is to support each other and learn from each other because the last nine months for all educators has been so incredibly challenging. And I think it's easy to focus on just the negative impact of COVID because we could list those forever. But I tend to be the eternal optimist. So I, I do see a number of silver linings that have come out of our experience with COVID. And that's not in any way to minimize the health um, impacts that families have experienced. But when I think about the positive side that has resulted from being forced to do things differently. I think for the first time, you know, first of all, let me talk about the leaps and bounds that many of our teachers have made using technology. So in the past, we had teachers who were super techie and who used technology to differentiate and to provide 
different pathways for access. And then we had other teachers who were just not comfortable using technology and that was okay in some ways. It's very hard to force people in, out of their comfort zone when there's not a felt need. But COVID and school closures created a felt need. You had no choice but to jump in and learn new tools. And I've, I've gotten to witness that our teachers have done that just magnificently. And our teachers now, and I, I think this is probably similar across most states and across the country and probably around the world, but our teachers now have an entirely new toolkit of different technology resources that do allow for differentiation in a way that really was not happening on a universal level. And because that we now use video conferencing and breakout rooms, I've also seen small group instruction happening with more frequency and more intentionality and less interruptions. So our teachers have been able to, you know, when you schedule small group instruction now, you're not interrupted by other students in the classroom saying, excuse me, but can I go to the bathroom? Can I get a drink of water? There's just dedicated time with my group of five students. And so these are some of the silver linings. I do think that teachers now recognize the power of this kind of personalization, where when I use technology and give kids a choice about how do you want to access this information? Do you want to read about it? Do you want to watch a video? Or do you want to meet with me? And so even providing choices like that, like how do you want to access information? How do you want to process the information? Giving kids a range of tools to use to then process that information. And then being intentional about how you get to show what you know. I didn't see that level of choice in the past that I that I see now. And I feel like all of that has to stay present when we move back into, I don't even like to say the new normal anymore. What does that even mean? There is no such thing. Correct. Whatever the landscape and this, this new educational ecosystem becomes when we do return when it is safe to really resume. And I don't want to talk about hybrid because that's not real in-person instruction. If we're in hybrid, meaning we're still six feet apart, we have masks on, we can't be truly collaborative without the use of continued technology. I mean, sure, we can all jump on Google Meet in a classroom, but I really do hope though that these avenues to allow students to build a sense of agency. That's another thing. Like how often did we ask, particularly let's say our elementary students to manage their schedules and to figure out like how to log on and then type in the chat box or access a Jamboard to put their work into the Jamboard. And, and then you log off and you have a 15 minute break and you better watch that time because you know, there's nobody necessarily right next to you saying, okay, break is over, log back on. And so kids have had to do more self-management and self-regulation probably than ever before. 
And so I am hopeful, again, I'm an optimist, I understand that, but I'm hopeful that we've seen some of these, these fruits of very intensive labor and that we commit to making them part of this new landscape. Absolutely, that there are benefits to it. I do think that there are benefits, whether you're a large district, you wanna bring children together, or if you're a small district and you need to network with a neighboring district, that there are opportunities that we didn't think about before for collaboration and providing the right type of support that a, a specific child might need. And I really appreciate what you said about the ecosystem because really that's what a rich instructional model should be, right? Where everything is working together for this one global outcome that is gonna benefit all of us. Yeah, and you just hit on another, I think, silver lining, which is the opportunities for collaboration. It's such a strange thing because COVID has been so isolating in many ways, and yet, we are able to provide opportunities for collaboration now across our district in ways that just did not happen previously because we just weren't creative enough to think about how to use technology to get around travel time and parking and traffic and <laughs> and it was just such a nightmare that we hardly ever did it and now we have monthly district plc meetings where everybody stays right where they are and your class can end at three o'clock and by 3.15, you can jump on to a Google Meet and have an hour or a 90 minute planning session with all of the other third grade teachers across the district or all of the other biology teachers across the district. And that has been very rich in terms of reward for our teachers to say, I am struggling with this. Has anybody figured it out? And generally, the answer is yes. There's someone in the virtual room that says, oh, try this. Or, oh, I, I was fiddling with this and I realized you can do this. And it makes it easier for students to you know, to, to see the virtual lab or to access level text or, so there has been this opportunity for teachers to come together in ways that I'm just not sure we were doing, you know, with the same regularity and, and intentionality before. So that's another thing. I really expect that to continue as we move forward and return to in-person instruction, but this, this opportunity for collaboration among our instructional staff without even leaving the building. I mean, we just didn't really think about that before. Why, why can't we use Zoom or Google Meet to just hop on for your monthly district PLC? I, when I think our hands were forced, there were things that we never thought about in the world of education and definitely looking forward to, you said, ongoing collaboration that looks different, ongoing opportunities for students to self-manage and mm. choice, and more importantly for teachers being able to continue this work with differentiation and having, like you said, more opportunities and resources within their, their toolbox, right, and their technological tool belt. Yes, 
100%. So we'll have to see what happens. There'll be more work to be done, and we look forward to watching what education has the opportunity to continue lives to. So thank you. My pleasure. And if there's anybody who I believe is up for this challenge, it's our educators, it's our teachers, it's our instructional staff members, because they, they all came into the profession because of such a commitment to students. And I don't think a single teacher imagined that this is what teaching would look like if you asked them, you know, even a year ago, hey, guess what? This is what the landscape of education is gonna look like. I think some people would have said, no, thank you. But that wasn't an option. You know, it just happened almost overnight. I've seen so many educators step up and step in and just like on behalf of students do remarkable things. So, you know, in this time of challenge and, and tragedy, there's still a lot to celebrate on behalf of our educators. Jessica, I couldn't agree with you more. As we prepare to return to more in-person learning here in New York, and in some places begin in-person learning, there is no one better poised to push ahead than our educators. So on behalf of me and Yarina, teachers, teaching assistants, administrators, clerical staff, custodial teams, food service workers, and bus drivers, we see you and we see how you each contribute to the education of students in your own unique, brave way. Thank you for being partners with us in the educational ecosystem. And as Jessica said, she is an eternal optimist. May we all be optimistic about the ways that we continue to remain safe, the ways that we continue to collaborate, innovate, and provide rich environments for student learning where we balance that rigor and joy. And as educators, I know that we will continue to jump leaps and bounds, to embrace what we missed, to include what we've learned, to grow what we already do. And until next time, remember to speak your beauty. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us.